Looking at our world from a theological perspective, this is the Theology Central Podcast, making Theology Central. Good afternoon, everyone. It is Thursday, November the 10th, 2022. It is currently 2.49 p.m. Central Time, and I'm coming to you live from the Theology Central studio located right here in Abilene, Texas. I thought, I I hope this is a good idea. I thought I would turn on the microphone, go live briefly, and give everyone an update on the curse of Jeconiah. I I thought I would at least give you an update on the curse. We're still trying to figure out the curse. We're still trying to figure out, is the curse an effect? We're still trying to figure out, does the curse somehow invalidate Jesus as being the Messiah and Jesus' ability to sit on the throne of David? The curse of Jeconiah. We have been working on this all because of an email. Our our, our attempts to try to work through this haven't it definitely hasn't been perfect. I haven't been happy with any of my broadcast in this series, but I, I hope that just the desire to talk about it and struggle with it will benefit someone. Now, I gave everyone a very important assignment, all right? So, so let's, let's, just, let's just set this all up. If you're new to this, please go back and listen to part one, part two, and part three. Hopefully, even though it's imperfect and I'm not happy with all of them, uh, you will, I think, at least get a good idea of what's going on. But just to summarize, Jeconiah, who is also called, and this is very, 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 very important because I am making an editorial decision, right? Okay, I've made a decision to mispronounce this on purpose. Jeconiah, who is also called Jehoiachin, I'm saying Chin, I know that isn't correct, but I'm doing that to make sure we we don't confuse that with Jehoiakim, all right? And there, there's a reason why, right? Jeconiah, also called Jehoiachin, now you could say Jehoiakin, right, versus Jehoiakim, but all right, we, oh yeah, all the names, some of the names are so similar that it, it well, there's, some believe it may have caused a problem in Matthew chapter 1, verses 11 through 12, all right, because they're very similar in the Greek as well, but Jeconiah, also called Jehoiachin, and, and Jehoiachin is recorded in 1 Chronicles 3.16 in the NIV. The King James uses Jeconiah, all right? And also referred to as Coniah in Jeremiah 22.24, was a king of Judah who was deported as a part of the Babylonian captivity. And we read about this in 1 Chronicles 3.17. He's also listed in the genealogy, the genealogy of Jesus in Joseph's, in Joseph's family line, and Joseph's family line, if I can speak correctly this afternoon. And that is in Matthew chapter 1, verses 11 through 12. Now, it is his place in Jesus's family line, in the genealogy of Jesus, Joseph's family line. But the fact that Jeconiah is in the genealogy of Jesus is where all the problems began, because you see Jeconiah was cursed. Let me explain. The curse of Jeconiah is found in Jeremiah 22. First, the Lord likens the king to a signet ring on God's hand, a ring that God will pull off. That's Jeremiah 22, 24. Then God pronounces the curse, and I quote, Record this man as if childless, a man who will not prosper in his lifetime, 
for none of his offspring will prosper. None will sit on the throne of David or rule any more in Judah. And that is verse 30, right? Now, the problem is that the curse of Jeconiah seems to invalidate Jesus' right to the throne of David. The Davidic covenant promised that the Messiah, the son of David, would reign forever on Jerusalem's throne, 1 Chronicles 17, 11 through 14. If Jesus is a descendant of Jeconiah, then how can he be the Messiah since the curse bars any of Jeconiah's descendants from assuming David's throne? That's the curse of Jeconiah. At least know what the curse is. Now, we came up with what we, we gave, well, we, in fact, the original idea wasn't really to give some solutions, but I offered three solutions. I'm not going to go back to those three solutions. However, an emailer sent me a video that offered a fourth solution. And the fourth solution is, wait a minute, the Jeconiah and Matthew 1, 11 through 12, that's not the Jeconiah that was cursed. There are two Jeconiahs. One is the son of, in fact, if you hang, in fact, if we do this, if we do this, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to pull up the Bible in a different app here. Go to the Bible, Matthew 1. If you look at it here and Josias or Josiah begat Jeconias or Jeconiah, the King James adds those extra uh, letters there. And they're saying, see, that's a different Jeconiah. That's a different Jeconiah. That's not the same one. It's not the same one. They are different. Now, they have to draw some, that, well, one, they have to focus on the fact that it says Jeconiah begat, uh, that Josiah begat Jeconiah. So they base it off that. The only problem with that is you can look in the genealogy of Matthew and see that there are times where when it says so-and-so begat so-and-so, it's referring to the grandfather and the grandson. It's not referring to the father and the son. And so there's a very high possibility that for some reason they have Josiah that would be more the grandfather and Jeconiah would be the grandson, which would not, which still fits in within the word begat. But they're like, nope, because it says Josiah, that's it. This Jeconiah is not the one that is cursed. It's a different one with the same name. And he's, and he's the son of Josiah. And then they go back to the Old Testament and see Josiah had these sons. Three of their uh, names were changed. It doesn't record that the fourth son's name was changed, but magically we know that it was changed to Jeconiah because he shows up in Matthew 1, 11 as being Josiah begat him. Now, you think, well, that works. That's great. Well, it, it still, it raises so many questions because of the way the genealogy works. There's times in the genealogy, you can go back to Matthew 1, 8. That's not father and son. That's grandfather and grandson. So if it's doing that in verse 8, then it's very probable it's doing that in verse 11. Not only that, they're basing it off the assumption that, well, Josiah had a son who we have no record of his name being changed, but it had to be. It just had to be. So there's there's no necess, you know no real proof. So it's an interesting solution, but I'm just bothered because it it takes you to the genealogy and and raises all kinds of questions. Where I think the other solutions are far more eloquent and simple. So here's what I challenged everyone to do. Hey everyone, look up the Bible dictionaries in your possession. Look up the entry for Jeconiah, or you may have to look up an entry. You may have to look up an entry for uh, Jehoiakim, or Jehoiakim, or Jehoichen. I keep saying Chen just to make sure we don't confuse it with Jehoiakim, all right? 
Uh, so Jehoiakim, and I told everyone to look it up and let me know what they have to say, because here is my thing. If you have some solution out there that says there's two of these guys, right, there's two of them. Well, then you would think the Bible dictionaries would pick that up, right? You think some Bible dictionary would be like, oh, wait, there's two Jeconiahs. There, there's two people named Jeconiah, and, and the, the, we have to make sure we distinguish them. One is found in Matthew 1, 11 through 12. The other one is found in Jeremiah, Chronicles, I think 2 Kings. You get the idea. And so it, I, I, I was just curious because the video that we reviewed, the, the guy was like, it's just so obvious. It's just so simple. I don't know why people don't see this. Well, why hasn't no, anyone seen it? Because if you start looking into all of the articles and, and theological journals and more academic papers, none of them say, oh, there was two Jeconiahs. None of them say that. They look for other solutions. And I'm like, well, why is that? Even within rabbinical sources, they don't seem to say that there's two Jeconiahs. So, so there's got to be a reason nobody seems to go in that direction. But the video on YouTube, <laughs> who is like, nope, there's two. We did find another article that went the same direction. It was basically going with the same kind of argumentation. One, they ignored, though, the way Matthew works. And they ignored that there's nothing in the Old Testament that said Josiah changed the name of one of his sons to Jeconiah. If we have that in the Old Testament, problem solved, but we don't. So what do we do? So here's what I wanted to do. I just wanted to take a quick update. Just take the time to do a quick update to read to you from one Bible dictionary. Because I was at church last night, sitting right there next to the pulpit was the Nelson's New Illustrated Bible Dictionary. I looked up Jeconiah and guess what I found? Nothing. I think there may have been an entry to see Jehoiakim. So I turned to Jehoiakim, and I'm just going to read that entry to you. I still want other people to look at the Bible dictionaries and their possessions. Give me a screenshot. Show me if any of them. I'm looking for just one dictionary somewhere to go. There is a theory. There is a possibility that there's two Jeconiahs. There is the possibility. There is the po because if they do that, well, then we can say okay. But if not one Bible dictionary ever even acknowledges it, we have to at least ask why. Why? Why does no one see this as a possibility? And again, I think the other solutions are far better than trying to basically create a person out of thin air. But let's see what this Bible dictionary has to say. Jeconiah, not, but that, the entry is not for Jeconiah. I should say Jehoiakim, the Lord establishes, supposedly is the meaning of the name, the son and successor of Jehoiakim. Now, there you go. See, Jehoiakim, Jehoiakim, or Jehoiakim. And that's why I keep saying Jehoiachin, just to make sure we get that difference. Now, the, the, one of the theories is Jehoiachin and Jehoiakim, Jehoiachin, Jehoiakim, are so similar in sound and in, in, in even in English and especially in Greek that they think that there was some confusion that entered into some of the manuscripts for Matthew 1, 11 through 12. And that it's supposed to be Jehoiakim, not Jehoiakim. You, you, can, you can determine whether you like that or not. All right. But here we go. Jehoiakim, the son and successor of Jehoiakim as king of Judah, about 598 or 597 BC. They point to 2 Chronicles 36, 8 through 9 and Ezekiel 1, 2. Jehoiachin or Jehoiakim, 
did evil in the sight of the Lord like his father, but he had little opportunity to influence affairs of state since he reigned only three months. His brief reign ended when the armies of Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon besieged Jerusalem. When the city surrendered, Jehoiakim was exiled to Babylonia, 2 Kings 24, 6-15. Nebuchadnezzar then made Mataniah, Jehoiakim's uncle, king in his place and changed Mataniah's name to Zedekiah. And that's in, I believe, uh, verse 17. I think they're referring to, uh, well, I'm, I guess the last reference they had was 2 Kings 24. So maybe a 2 Kings 24, verse 17. I think that's the reference they're looking at. We'd have to read it. Zedekiah was destined to rule over a powerless land containing only poor farmers and laborers, while Jeconiah, well, Jehoiakim, they almost messed up, was held a prisoner in Babylon. In the 37th year of his captivity, Jehoiakim was finally released by a new Babylon, Babylonian king, evil Merodach. He must have been awarded a place of prominence in the king's court since he ate his meals regularly in the presence of the king himself. Jehoiakim is also called Jeconiah uh, and Coniah. In the New Testament, he is listed by Matthew as an ancestor of Jesus. Did you notice something? It never even hints that there's a second Jeconiah. Doesn't hint at it. Doesn't even entertain it. Doesn't even consider it that, that all the... Whenever Jeconiah is referenced by either the name Jehoiachin or Jehoiachin, how you, you want to say it, Coniah or Jeconiah, it's all the same person from Jeremiah, Ezekiel, 2 Chronicles, 2 Kings, 1 Chronicles, all the different places he has mentioned. It's this, and then in Matthew 1, 11 through 12, it's the same individual. But there is at least this thought out there that no, 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 no. The Bible dictionary should have two entries. One is for the Jeconiah who is cursed, and the second one is for the Jeconiah who wasn't cursed. The cursed one doesn't end up in the line of Jesus. Uh, the, uh, the, the cursed one doesn't end up in the line of Jesus. The non-cursed one does. Now, why wouldn't the dictionaries entertain this? Because it's in a theory based off some assumptions. Assumption number one is when it says Josiah begat Jeconiah, that that means that's the father and that's the son, biological father, biological son, and completely doesn't even take into consideration the possibility because Josiah was the grand, grandfather of Jeconiah. Jeconiah was the grandson of Josiah. They don't, they don't even consider that as a possibility, even though it happens right there in like verse 8 in Matthew. So that's the first problem is it doesn't even consider that as, as a possibility, which is problematic. Number two, then they, they to find Jeconiah in the Old Testament, they go to Josiah and go, well, he had these sons. Three, I think three of them had their name changed. The fourth one didn't. But hey, Obviously, the fourth one had to have his name changed. We don't read, we don't have any record of it, but of course it had to be changed. And not only did it had to be changed, it had to be changed too. Oh yeah, Jeconiah. So there's, it's based off a lot of just assumptions. 
Not, not any real tangible evidence. Now, it is true. When you get into Matthew 1, the major issue, or at least one major issue, is that it says Jeconiah had brothers, brothers, plural. Matthew chapter 1, and, Josi- and Josias begat Jeconias. Well, another thing that's so frustrating Oh man, when you get, when you get, uh, uh, this is the reason a lot of these issues are not even dealt with from the pulpit. This is the reason some of these issues are never dealt with because I understand how utterly confusing and frustrating it can be for a pastor or for a teacher because you're like, okay, wait a minute. First of all, if you have a church and let's say you have people with multiple translations, it can get really confusing. Because some of them may be looking at their text and are like, wait, it says Jehoiachin or Jehoiakin. And, and someone else said, no, it says Jeconiah. So then you got to explain to everyone, if you have a different translation, it's going to be a different name. But then, then not only that, if uh, uh, different translations, some, when they look at Matthew 1, 11, they're going to see Josiah and others are going to see Josias. Some are going to see Jeconiah. Some are going to see Jeconias. <laughs> it can be maddening the way it works. Uh, for example, in the King James for uh, Matthew 1, 8, it's Joram. I think other ones, it's Jehoram, I think, is how the other ones have it. So it's like, it can be maddening. You're trying to keep all of these names straight, and you got to be trying to explain to people. And so when you're listening, you can just be like, well, wait a minute. Who, who, wait, wait, who's on first? Wait, I thought, no, no, who's on second? Well, what's on third? Or you get the idea. Okay, that's going way back in, like, what, the 40s? Abbott and Costello, 30s, 40s, whenever they did the who's on first bit. Okay, but you can look it up on YouTube, kid. Google it, all right? So, not that I was alive back then, but you get the idea. All right, so it can, I can understand why you don't want to deal with all of this. I understand why it could be confusing. So on one hand, I do understand why some would be like, I don't want to go with that solution. I got I to gotta figure out, I got to figure out the genealogy and, well, begat, Okay, that could be grandfather, that could be father. Then I got to go back to the Old Testament. I got to find Josiah. I got to find all of his sons. Then I got to find the name change. And like, like, and I got all of these names, all of these people. So I understand why you would want to avoid that one. That's not a good reason to, to deny it. But my, my main problem with the fact that supposedly there's two Jeconiahs is because there's just no biblical evidence for this. It seems like we're... We're making it up because we've got to get Jeconiah, the cursed one, out of the out of the genealogy. But if you go back to Matthew one, just so that you realize what they would think is a is they, this is what they would present as their p- positive evidence. Josiah begat Jeconias, or say, see, 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 that's father and son. Well, technically, it could just be the grand the grandfather and grandson, but Josiah begat Jeconias and his brethren about the time they were carried away to Babylon. It mentions brethren as plural. Now, there was, see, he, he, he didn't have multiple brothers. See, this can't be right. But the phrase brethren can just mean relatives. It can just refer to relatives. It can just refer to relatives. Then it wouldn't even be a controversy, right? So the real controversy would be, why is Jeconiah there? Why is he there? And I'm just going to remind you quickly of the three solutions that we have offered. All right, here we go. One, 
the offspring of Jeconiah mentioned in the curse could be a limited reference to the king's own children, the immediate offspring in other words. On a related note, the phrase in his lifetime, this all comes from the curse in Jeremiah 22, could apply to the entire verse. In other words, the entire verse is referring that the curse would last for the lifetime of Jeconiah. All right. And they said the curse would only be enforced while the king lived. This is exactly what happened. As Jeconiah was not successful as a king, he only reigned for three months before he surrendered to Nebuchadnezzar's forces and none of his sons, he had seven of them, reigned over Judah. That's First Chronicles 3, 17 through 18. That, that seems, if you can just say, no, the verse is referring to the curse only during his lifetime and the lifetime of his children, then he can be in the line of Jesus or in the genealogy of Jesus, and it doesn't impact or affect anything. It's not even a controversy. A second solution is obviously the incarnation, the virgin birth. Jesus only had one human parent, Mary. His mother was of David's line, but not through Jeconiah. Joseph was Jesus' legal father, but not his physical one. Thus, Jesus was of the royal blood through Mary, but the curse of Jeconiah stopped with Joseph and was not passed on to Jesus. That's, that works. A third possible solution is that God reversed the curse on Jeconiah's family. This is hinted at by the prophet Haggai, who told Jerubbabel, Jeconiah's grandson, that God would make him a signet ring. Does that not sound familiar? That's exactly from the curse. Uh, he would make him a signet ring on God's hand, Haggai 2, verse 23. Zerubbabel was blessed by God as the governor of Judea, and he prospered in that role when the Jewish exiles returned to Jerusalem. The signet ring imagery of Jeconiah's curse is repeated in Zerubbabel's blessing, which must be more than a coincidence. Several rabbinic teach, teach several rabbinic sources teach that Jeconiah repented in Babylon and that God forgave him and lifted the curse. Now, the only problem is we don't know anything about whether he repented or didn't repent, but it is interesting. Now, some people say this is a different uh, Zerubbabel because what you have, what you have when you go with the two Jeconiah theories, you have two sons, you have, you have two Jeconiahs, two uh, people named Shatiel and two Zerubbabels. So then it even gets more confusing trying to, fo to follow all of it. But I just wanted to give a quick update. I know it's now 22 minutes of just sh showing that one Bible dictionary did not even, I mean, did not say a word. So if you have a Bible dictionary today, I don't know what you're doing, but if you can stop and just take screenshots of all of your Bible dictionaries for their entry on Jeconiah or Jehoi Chin, Jehoi Ken, however, I keep saying Chin just to distinguish it from Jehoi Kim. Uh, I know the Kin and the Kim should, should be distinguishing enough, but I'm just really overemphasizing it so that we don't conflate those two. But um, I'm just, I just want to know how many dictionaries. Look, if we, I don't know how many different dictionaries are out there, but let's just say in theory, let's say we look at 20 dictionaries. And not one dictionary ever even mentions that there was two Jeconiahs. And the one in Matthew is not the cursed one. If not one of them even entertains that theory, doesn't even go there, then you have to at least ask yourself, why is that? Why, why does no one go in that direction? Did everyone miss it except for a person on YouTube? 
who was then not was it it's one thing this is the way I would have done if I would have gone with his theory I would have said here's my hypothesis here is my theory and you can see nobody out there agrees with me but what do you think I do that all the time I throw out my but I put it I present it as a hypothesis especially when I'm aware that no one agrees with my hypothesis he's basically it's right there. Just no one will pay attention. Nobody will look. Nobody will do basic cross-referencing. So I, 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 I that, that's the first thing that bothered me by the video was just like, I, but the second thing is I immediately knew, wait a minute, nobody goes with this. I've never heard this theory. Never. Now I'm all willing to listen to the most outlandish theory, especially when it's more presented in a humble way, like, okay, nobody out there goes with it. You hear me say that all the time in preaching. Nobody out there agrees with this, but here's what I think. So, but maybe there's a Bible dictionary out there that's like, come on, it's right here. Clearly there was two Jeconiahs and clearly the one in Matthew 1 and 11 and 12 is not the cursed one. Come on. Hello. And, uh, and then once I see it, I will turn on the microphone and give that update. Now, one of the things we're going to do is I'm going to be choosing random sermons on the curse of Jeconiah. I'm going to look for them on the Sermons 2.0 app. I'm going to look for them on the Edify Christian Podcast app. I'm going to, that's the two sources I'm going to look at, Edify Christian Podcast app and Sermons 2.0. If we can't find, there's got to be a lot of sermons on it, I'm assuming. If for some weird reason we can't find anything, then we'll have to expand our search. But I want full sermons that really dive into it and dig into it. So that's what we're going to look for that. And we'll, we'll, we, we, if I can speak correctly, we will review them when we do so. So I, every, every episode in this series, I've become extremely, I'm, I'm more disappointed after each one. I either feel like I didn't say something right or that it's confusing because the er, the uh, the early responses to the early episodes where people were confused and lost and I felt horrible 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 about that 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 most of them tried to say it wasn't me it's just that the whole thing is just confusing but I think they were just trying to be nice I, I take full responsibility but there's no easy way to get around it it's just so many names and trying to follow the logic. See, it would have been easier to just say, hey, here's the curse. Like, just, just imagine how easy it would have been. H here is who Jeconiah was. Here's his different names. Here's the curse. And here's three possible solutions, right? That the curse only applied to his lifetime. Problem solved. The virgin birth deals with it. The, Jeconiah was in the line of Joseph, so the curse stopped with Joseph. Jesus' only true, a true human parent was Mary, therefore the curse doesn't apply to him. Or number three, the curse was reversed, and we look at Haggai. That keeps us away from all of those names and all of the confusion in the genealogy. Now, just because something is eloquent and simple does not mean it's best. I'm more than willing to acknowledge that. But if you start with a convoluted theory that requires that you have that you have two Jeconiahs, two Shiatiels, two Zerubbabels. You have no record of the son that supposedly his name was changed to Jeconiah of that name ever being changed. And then you base it off the idea that just because it says Josiah begat uh, Jeconiah, that it has to be the biological father and the biological son, even though 
just a couple of verses before, we have a grandfather and grandson. We don't have father and son. And not only that, you have omissions in, in Matthew's uh, genealogy. Not only that, you have almost like generations skipped. So, so in other words, you, you would have to realize that there's a possibility that you can't be so dogmatic about the fact that it says Josiah. And then you have to acknowledge that brethren can refer to more than just an actual brother, but to family members. So you, you then, then you have to just realize, wait a minute, I don't, I, every, for everything I am suggesting or for everything I'm proposing, there's clear, easy, probable things that calls it into question. Why would you continue to push for the most convoluted solution? Why? I, I, I just I just don't know why you wouldn't consider the other solutions. I, I just don't know. It would be awesome if the curse was was basically reversed. That's the one I'm in. That's the one I think we should do some more exploring on. But they would argue it's a, see then 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 guess what the the and Haggai that's a different Zerubbabel that's that's so see it just becomes it becomes even more uh, confusing. But all right, so Bible dictionaries. I need you. I need screenshots. I need my email filling up with screenshots of Bible dictionary entries, and I need the whole. If it goes two pages, I need both pages. Please give me the source, the Bible dictionary, so that when I turn on the microphone to read from them, because I, I'm I, again, I believe if we go 15, 20 dictionaries and nobody even entertains this theory, I'm sorry, that's a red flag to me. That's a red flag. And it's definitely a red flag that it was presented in a dogmatic fashion instead of like, okay, I know this sounds crazy, and I know this is going to be confusing, and I know this is going to be hard to follow, but here's my reasoning for going this way. Here's my theory. Contact me and let me know what you think. Or or just kind of give the listeners the ability to test it. I'm trying to get you involved in the testing of it. And the very first easy way to test it is, well, nobody, no Bible dictionary even entertains the thought. All right, that's red flag number one. That, that, see, that, uh, what I like to do is when you get into the complicated stuff, you got to go find, you've got, you got to build a, when you're going to reach out to try to f- solve the complicated stuff, before you, in a sense, climb the ladder and try to reach out there to get the complicated stuff, make sure you've got a good foundation your ladder is standing on. And that good foundation is usually sometimes the most basic things. Like, how how popular is this theory? Like, just getting the basic information. Because sometimes that, 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 that when you get up there and you can't figure it out and the ladder starts wobbling, you're going to fall, at least you have a firm foundation to come back down and stand on. I always, I always, try, to, I always try to tell the people, let's figure out what we do know. Let's figure out what we can be absolutely dogmatic about before we start trying to figure out what we may never be able to answer. It's having that, those things that are firm that you can stand, that I got no problem climbing the tallest ladder, reaching for the most difficult theological issue in the world. But at some point, you got to be able to climb back down that ladder and go, okay, whew, all right, let me just stand here for a while. I was, I was getting dizzy up there and I'm so confused. I don't know what's going on. I don't know what my right, where my right hand is, my left hand is. I don't know up. I don't know down. I don't know anything. At least you can come back down and go, okay, I know these things. I like having those things that are certain, that give you a sense of stability. So we can figure out and, and what the dictionaries have to say. I've given you one, Nelson's New Illustrated. They don't even hint at any other option. 
that the Jeconiah and Jeremiah is the Jeconiah and Matthew 1, 11 and through 12. They're just dogmatically asserted. All right. You tell me what you find. Email me, newsif at yahoo.com. Newsif at yahoo.com. That's newsif at yahoo.com. I think my fear is, is that everybody else is like, we don't care about the curse of Jeconiah. The whole thing's a waste of time. I, I'm hoping nobody feels that way. And I, But I do want to thank one of our listeners. They created the artwork for the series. Looks really good. They created two. I went with kind of the 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 black dark color with the brown. They had one that was like this cool looking blue with black. I want I want I. It's like I'm gonna switch it every other week. No, I'm not gonna do that. But uh, I didn't know which one to go with. They both look really good. But I I I'm, I I am always super happy with uh, the person who does our artwork because man, they put forth the time and I don't even have to worry. About it. I just say, hey, this is what I need, and they take care of it. It looks good. If you want to see all of the artwork for all of our series, the Church One app, Church O-N-E, Church O-N-E. Once you download the app, search for Theology Central, choose us. It turns the Church One app into the Theology Central app. Look for series. Just open up each series and you'll see the artwork. It's pretty awesome stuff. At least I think so. And if you like it, let me know so that I can pass on that to the person who does the work because uh, I think they would appreciate that. But uh, there you go. And our series on women, abuse, and submission, our women, submission, and abuse, um, uh, the artwork, they created that, and that series has been created for the Church One app as well. And so I don't know how many uh, episodes we're going to do in The Curse of Jeconiah. I think for the most part, most people are already done with it and don't care, but we've got to review some sermons. We have to review some sermons. We have to review some sermons. Because that would just be fun. Don't you think that'd be fun? In fact, I'm going to start looking for some right now. All right. That's, there you go. Email me, newsif at yahoo.com. Newsif at yahoo.com. That's the latest news on the curse of Jeconiah. There'll be more soon. Thanks for listening.